let's talk about our sponsor, Podcorn. When we decided to search out sponsorships for our growing podcast, it was easier said than done. Lucky for us, we came across Podcorn, and suddenly the search for sponsors became realistic and manageable. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for your brands. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. Podcorn helped us take our podcast to the next level, and it can help your podcast as well. Click the link in my show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Hey guys, welcome back to another Throwback Thursday week. This week we're listening to episode 9, Let's Talk About EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomena. Me and Weebs discuss what EVPs are and some of the favorite EVPs we've ever caught on our paranormal investigations. So guys, sit back and enjoy episode 9, and I promise you new episodes are on the way. Electronic Voice Phenomena, EVP is the process by which the dead, through sound and image, communicate with the living through the static and white noise of modern electronic devices. I lost my daughter on December 23rd, 2001, and five months later, my niece kicked her voice off her computer. EVP is a communication with another level of reality, another level of intelligence. Who's there? EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon. It's spirit monkeying around with electronics that gives us these voices. As an engineer, I know modulated sound, and it shouldn't have been there. society something you are listening to serial spirits the podcast Welcome to another episode of Serial Spirits, the podcast. We are back again for another week of some crazy things. And with me, as always, is my beautiful, lovely co-host, 
Annie Weaves, how's it going, Shea Bay? It is going great, Weaves. Uh, what are we going to be talking about today, this week? So tonight's episode, I, I just want to set the mood for you guys right now. I want you to know uh, what we're looking at right now. So we're in my house. It's dark. I've dimmed the lights. I've lit some candles, and we're really setting the mood for a creeptastic show. So, something spooky. So, what we are going to talk about tonight is EVP, electronic voice phenomena. It's something super basic, but also really difficult in the grand scheme of things. It's so basic when you're a paranormal investigator. So when you really start to look into the science behind it, it's not simple at all. It's pretty uh, complicated. But for all intents and purposes for what we do with it, it's some of the most basic, but also some of the most compelling evidence that any of us have ever captured as paranormal investigators. So what we want to do tonight is just really touch on the basic science not science, the basic theory behind electronic voice phenomena. But then we also want to play some of our very favorite EVPs with you guys. So what we're going to do is tell the story behind these EVPs, where we were, what we were doing. We're going to play these EVPs for you and then tell you what we think that you they said. We would love to hear your opinions on it as well. Um, you can always comment and say, I heard something, I heard something different, or maybe I didn't hear anything at all. So between the two of us, we have 20 plus years of investigating the paranormal. These are things that we've experienced and theories that we've come up with or you know, maybe have tried to figure out on our own. So don't take everything we say that it's factual because there's nothing factual about um, investigating any types of the paranormal because nobody really knows what's going on. It's the practice of the paranormal, just like medicine used to be called a practice. Yeah, it is for the a practice. reason. Yes. So we're practicing paranormal right now. So as being a paranormal investigator, you know, one of the key elements to investigating um, is the capturing of evidence or data. I mean, you sit in rooms, dark rooms for hours and hours, hoping for one little thing to happen. And sometimes you're waiting around forever. It's just like fishing. So, you know, I can say from my experience that 90% of any evidence that I have captured while investigating ghosts, I've got audio. I mean, that's the main, main key element. So that's why I think my audio when I'm doing an investigation is the most important part of if that audio becomes contaminated, I mean, it pretty much, it is your best source of what you're going to capture. So you really want to pay attention to the location that you have your recording device, you know, like close to the window, close to an air vent on the floor. Those are all places you really don't want to have your recorder sit. For one, you know, any kind of air movement will distort and contaminate that audio. Footsteps on the floor, if it's directly on, especially a wooden floor, ruins it for sure, because you're constantly moving and shuffling around. And also by windows, because you're also be capturing outside noises. So you really want to pay attention to where you put your recording device. But to me, it's always an important aspect of the investigation of recording, because like I said, 90% of anything I've captured has been audio. Shay, how many hours do you think of our lives we have spent listening to audio recordings from previous investigations? I would say thousands, because we, when I used to be tech manager of a team that I was on, 
we placed recorders everywhere, even stationary recorders. So we'd be in a place for 10 hours, you know, that's 10 hours of audio you just have on one device. And then you go to the next device and it could be sitting just as long, you know. So man, I've listened to countless hours to the point where I was walking around hearing white noise in my ear. When you I really do. You get on. to that point. You've listened to so much of it that you have to take a break because your brain starts to matrix things. And that's one really key element when you're talking about audio is um, the element of matrixing, which we can kind of touch on a little bit as well, because that's an actual scientific fact. Yeah, yeah, the whole pareidolia effect. Right. So basically matrixing is your brain wants to find patterns in things, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a something on the wall that you think looks like a human being or in this case of audio noises that eventually your brain and trying to find those patterns tries to make connections with it. So probably 99.9% of all the possible EVPs that we've ever captured, we throw out because we cannot make a definitive determination of, you know, there was no noise contamination. Well, we can't make out what it's saying. It just sounds like whisper. So you throw it out. But then there's there's that 0.1% that always almost comes back the undeniable I can't explain this away. And that's not my brain matrixing something. Yeah. And that's one of the important parts of reviewing that evidence is like, you have to tag everything because if somebody's in a room and they whisper or whatever that, and you think that could be an EVP, I mean, there's, it's, it's not, it's wrong. Do you know how many grumbling stomachs we have said we thought were demons? Yeah. Yeah. There's no demons. It was just the Taco Bell that you had before the investigation. Turd demons. Which is always a poor choice. Turd, yeah. You don't want to go anywhere spicy or greasy before a paranormal investigation because you're just asking for trouble. Trust me. You're going to be sitting in a house full of demons all night long. So we took a vote and we pretty much said that most of the science behind this is pretty boring. So we're just going to briefly, briefly touch on some of the science of frequencies and why it's important to understand how all this stuff works because you want to have a better understanding of the evidence that you're capturing or the data that you're collecting. So humans can only hear in a certain vocal range, okay? And females obviously are higher than males. Most EVPs are captured in a certain vocal range as well. And most of the time that you will capture an EVP, it is well with outside the range of a human vocal tone. And that's what makes it so uh, intriguing. It's because it's a human tone voice um, phonetics and all, and it's captured outside the voice range of a, a living, breathing human being. But you're only able to really determine that by you actually watch EVPs as you're listening to them, right? Yeah, I had a program that I used to use a lot, and it was actually a bird call program. Like it would measure the frequency of different birds and tell you what it was. And I would use this to review my audio, and I would put it in the spectralgram uh, version of the audio track and basically what that is it's showing you the different colors on the the uh sound wave and you can tell right away if you look at the sound wave you can tell okay this is way out of the norm you know obviously if you pick up the recorder and you run your finger on it that's going to give it some big spike and you know like that kind of thing too but if you go and you're listening to a, a area on the the vocal track that i mean you can tell by looking at the sound wave what's somebody talking and what's not and I've seen some where it's just quiet in the room. Then all of a sudden you see this weird spike and you go to listen to it. And like 80% of the time that I've clicked on this, 
it's been an EVP or what I thought was an EVP, something that was out of the norm that shouldn't have been going on at that moment. So you used a bird call program? Yeah, it was. It had something to do with birds. I know it measured the frequency of bird calls and that kind of stuff. It was like a, what the ornithologists use. That's actually really clever. Yeah, well, it was one. A, it was a guy that I knew years ago. It was actually his. He found it. He discovered it. Yeah, it was a pretty clever thing. And it and it, and it was it was pretty uh, pretty good at determining. You know what? A lot of the EVPs that I did capture, that I did save, that I to this day still you know show people were found in that program. So you can probably eliminate a lot of your time just actually sitting listening to these things by kind of scrolling through and seeing where the different frequencies hit. Yeah, basically. And one of the things that I always did too, it had this um it had this thing on here where you can take, you know, a sound bite. In this case it would have been a bird, whatever, and they put it to a different one to tell the difference between the male and the female or whatever. And you can take that thing and you can clip like your teammate's voice. Like say, you know, we're on an investigation together. That's what I would do. I would save every a clip of everyone's voice to get what frequency they speak in, right? So we get, you know, Annie speaks in, you know, 185 to 225 vocal range. You know what I mean? So say I'm in a room, it's just me and you investigating together. And I'm not talking and you're not talking, but we catch some voice and it's a female, I'm going to check it against Annie. And if it's like way outside the range, and like I said, this is what's worked for me in the past. If it's way outside that range, and I know for a fact it wasn't you, but it came from that room and it responded to our question. So I can determine, yes, this is an EVP. So Shay, do you know who one of the very first scientists was to uh, actually kind of talk a little bit about EVP before that's what we knew it by? Well, we have Thomas Edison did that, but also Nikolai Tesla did as well, because Nikolai Tesla used to work a lot with like the Tesla coil, whatever. And he said that when he was using that stuff, he would hear conversations and different people talking when he was the only one in the room. So Thomas Edison is the one that struck me because I found this quote that I thought was really interesting. Um, Thomas Edison actually believed that at some point you would be able to communicate with the dead. And so he said, if our personality survives, then it is strictly logical or scientific to assume that it retains memory, intellect, other faculties, and knowledge that we acquire on this earth. Therefore, if we can evolve an instrument so delicate as to be affected by our personality as it survives in the next life, such an instrument, when made available, ought to record something. And that's totally true to this day, right? I mean, we, we you know, have used, and I know Resident Undead uses them a lot with the, uh, the Pandoras, we call them. And they were uh, actually a piece of tech that was not, you know, manufactured, right? It was manufactured uh, for doctors to dictate and that kind of stuff. And the way that it was made, they, they messed up and it was catching noises that weren't supposed to be there. So some of these doctors would be dictating their stuff. And then when the transcriptionist would play it back, she'd be hearing all these other voices in there and like, no, what is he doing? What is he doing in the background? And the doctor would say, I was in my office, in my study by myself, just reading my notes and there was nobody else there. It was totally flawed for that purpose that it was created for. But in turn, which is, you know, a lot of the scientific, major scientific breakthroughs or medical breakthroughs, you find out that it has another purpose. And I think that's what we've been able to really capture with that. And the same thing just for the basic digital recorders. You know, did ever, anybody ever create these thinking that we were going to walk around and 
dark mansions and spend hundreds and thousands of hours of our lives listening to this shit over and over again to see what we could catch. No, but we believe that it captures different frequencies that the human ear cannot hear. But it's just, it's a matter of everything does that too. I mean, you know, back in the day, um, in the vintage days of ghost hunting, they, they used reel-to-reel tapes and still that magnetic field was interrupted by something that wasn't obviously in the room at the time where they thought, you know, that it would imprint itself on this magnetic tape and you play it back and you would hear a voice that wasn't supposed to be there. Cassette tapes, any of that stuff. I mean, even video cameras pick up EVPs. It doesn't really matter, I guess, the device, but it just depends on how it's being used and what frequency it's it's can record at because a lot of different recorders record at different frequencies and different hertz like evp became like a huge forefront thing in the 1970s by a um scientist named constantine radave and you know what's funny about constantine radave is if you listen to my favorite podcast the unbelievable podcast they do a a hilarious take on evps and constantine radave and uh It's pretty funny, but, you know, to get down to the nitty-gritty of it, uh, he described EVP as a typically brief, usually the length of a word or short phrase. That's something that we've experienced, you know, and I'll get into a little bit of that later when we actually play some of the EVPs, but what I've noticed, I've noticed a certain pattern in a lot of legit, when you catch a legit EVP, they really share a pattern. And I'll talk about that a little bit when we actually play some of the recordings that we've captured. And you'll watch these ghost shows and they talk about different classifications of EVPs. And so the best EVP that you can catch by whatever terms you're measuring, they call a class A EVP. So a class A EVP is something that is just almost irrefutable evidence, you know, multiple people pick up on the same patterns in what's being said. And so when you hear people like... Baggins talk about oh it's so class A EVP that's why oh means. dude 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 yeah that was it yeah class A EVP all the way man and I'm possessed I've been on many many investigations and as the years has gone by obviously technology gets better and better and the type of digital recorder gets better and better and I thought that I would use one of these studio voice recorders that, you know, some of the musicians carry around. And it's actually really good for podcasting and really good for, you know, recording just conversations out with people because there's no, it sounds like you're in a studio. It sounds like, you know, there's no white noise in the background. It's just clear audio. And, you know, the longer that I've been doing this, the more I realize that as shitty it is to listen to a shitty recorder with all the crackling and the white noise in the background, that seems to be the one that picks up the best EVPs even though they're a little bit harder to clean up because I do that thing where especially if I want to share the EVP and I want people to hear it clearly. Because once you do this long enough, you just become trained that you're able to pick stuff up with, you know, the crappiness of some of these recorders. So we, me, well, I shouldn't say we, me, I will take a recording program and I will filter what I can. So just to bring that EVP out as best I can and Um, I do it also because I've had team members before who were just hard of hearing and it was like easier for them to interpret that this could be an EVP. So I've noticed that typically, you know, the little low grade recorders are actually better for recording EVPs. What do you feel, Weebs? I think the best one and the most compelling audio evidence that I've ever captured was on this tiny little handheld recorder that I had had for years. It was legitimately 
the very first investigation that I ever did. And it was the only piece of equipment aside from a flashlight that I had. Um, And so I went into this place and caught the most compelling EVP that I've ever captured at any location. Um, And we'll share that with you guys in a bit. But I do I think the less high tech you get, sometimes the better results you get. Um, I've had people go in with investigations and, you know, use their phone as a recorder. And that's great. But a lot of new technology will filter out some of this, um, I guess what they would consider background noise. And so you don't pick up as much of it as you might have with some of the older tech. So as much as I love new technology and progressing the theory of what we do, old school, man, it's the way to go. Yeah, I'm, I agree 100%. I'd rather walk into a place with my audio recorder, maybe a camera, but a flashlight. And I've had so many nights where it's like, oh, the video camera died, you know, and we've just had a slew of evidence and captured a lot of EVPs just from being in one spot with just a voice recorder. I mean, I've had some of my best paranormal experiences that way too, where it's just like stuff is going on all around you. You can feel it, you can hear it. And then you're catching all these EVPs too. And it's just like, wow. Like, so I'm, I'm all about going old school, you know, putting the old flower down, seeing if anybody walks through the, you know, get any footsteps. You know, I've never done that old school. I've never put flat and it actually worked. We did it. Uh, one time the team that I was on at the twin city opera house, in McConnellsville, Ohio, and we had a ghost of a spirit that was up on the catwalk. And we actually, one of the investigators had brought like a little tea set table and set it all out. And we put it on the, on the table. And we did legit see the little handprint of a little kid at one point when we knew nobody was up there because we had been the only ones in the building for the last two hours. Interesting. Yeah. So old school, old school does, you know, yield results. And it, And I don't want to, you know, bash and say, you know, don't go spend money on some of this equipment because there is some really good equipment out there. But, you know, I just find it after years of doing it, keeping up with all the latest tech and everything like that. I like I said, I've had my most compelling paranormal experiences with just basic. So you're saying we should all go back and just do the Scooby Doo factor. And that's how we need to look for ghosts and monsters. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I've seen him spread a lot of flour on episodes of Scooby Doo. So there you go. No, but I mean, it, it, the old stuff does work. And like, and I'm not trying to downplay any new equipment. Like we, you know, we've worked with the Geobox. We've worked with all these different apps that people have. And some of the stuff you get is compelling. Now they're not EVPs, but they're, it's still compelling nonetheless. And it's cool to have all this extra tech around. But personally, myself, if I'm going to go anywhere now, I'm just going to go low grade, baby. Low grade. So let's dive into some of our favorite EVPs. I think we've each chosen our, maybe our top two, two of our our favorite ones. And we're going to play these for you. We're going to tell the story behind what happened. And we are going to give each other interpretations, aren't we? We are going to give each other interpretations. And uh, I think that everybody hears things differently. But like we said, when you hear... When everyone can agree on what it is, you know, we've had some where it's just blatantly just telling us to get out, you know what I mean? And it is 100% get out. When everybody can agree on it, you know, you captured something solid when, you know, you definitely hear a voice, a voice that shouldn't be there that was picked up. I can guarantee you that is an EVP. Now, sometimes it's very hard to tell what it's saying and everybody hears different things because like Annie said before, you know, you hear it so much that you just start picking up on 
what you think it says. And then after somebody tells you, hey, yeah, this is what it says, then that's what you hear. So it just depends. You know, we're going to play this and we're going to play it a couple times and then talk about what we think it says. And then we'll give you the opportunity if you would like to listen to it and write back and say, hey, this is what I think it said. So, Annie, you have one that you picked up and I'll let you tell a little bit of the story about it. Okay. Um, Okay, so my first EVP that I want to play for you guys came from an investigation that I did uh, at the end of 2016 with a local team here in West Virginia. We actually went to Kentucky to a place called Fallsburg, and Fallsburg is known locally as um, it's this several acre property that during the months of September and October, they make one of the best haunted attractions in the area. And so, but it was based around this one building that was on the property that was built in the late 1800s, mid to late 1800s, called the Fallsburg Oddfellows Lodge. And so if you're not familiar with what the Oddfellows were, they were kind of like a... Weird guys, right? They were Oddfellows? <laughs> you know, they called them that for a reason. And as you start to look into it, you, you really understand why. So it was a, a group of people kind of like uh, the Masons. So they were a service-oriented type group, but they actually let women come in as well. So there could be female and male Oddfellows. This building was called the Fallsburg Oddfellows Lodge. It was used for their meeting grounds, but it was also later used for church ceremonies. Um, I think at one point it was a school. It was a, it was a music school. I'm sorry, it was a music school and even uh, a hotel at one point. And just like any small town legend goes, there's always stories of something that occurred in these lodges, murders, rapes, all kinds of crazy stuff that we heard. And so the people who owned this property asked us to come in because they have some full-time employees who work on the haunt year round, and they had been scared shitless by some of the things that they had experienced in the Oddfellows Lodge. So you said that they do like a haunt every year for like a haunted house attraction for Halloween? They do. And they used to use the old Oddfellows Lodge as part of the attraction. Now, in the past year or so, they've stopped and I'm not sure why. But some of the employees were so freaked out that they asked us to come in and really um, just kind of give them our interpretation of what was going on, if anything. And one of the claims that they had um, was of hearing audible voices throughout the building and even at some points singing, which made sense because it had been a church and um, and a music school. And so this first EVP that I'm going to play to me just sounds like someone singing. I've never been able to actually put words to it, but it's so loud and clear and concise. And we know that it wasn't anyone in the room with us at that point. And so I'm going to play it a couple of times and let you guys um, see what you think about it. And so what you hear at the very first of that clip is almost a singing voice. And then at the very end, you hear one of the investigators uh, speak up and say something So, Shay, what do you think? It almost sounds like, you know, somebody is singing and then right after the singing, there's another voice in there and then you hear the investigator. Because like I said, uh, 
we'll play that again one more time and I'll and I'll show you what I'm talking about. So go play that one more time, Weebs. So you get almost the sing-song type voice, and then there's another male voice that comes in there lower, at a lower frequency, and then you hear the actual human, the investigator, say a word or two at the end. So here's my interpretation on that. I hear what sounds like somebody singing, an actual human vocal tone. You can tell that it's somebody singing, making a noise. Then you hear what sounds like a whisper, okay? And this is what I meant by a pattern. I've captured a lot of EVPs where I hear, like, for instance, the word get out. It's the phonetics. It's how it's being spoken. It's get out. It's a whispery and it's broken up. You know what I mean? And one of the ones that you'll hear that I'll play in a little bit, it has that vocal whispery tone where it's broke up. Now, I have two examples of what this, what I think this is. And this is my theory, my, you know, interpretation. It takes energy to do this like whether or not they're using energy or taking energy either or there's a disperse of energy happening at this moment okay now you can tell a spirit to say what's your name and you may get like a whisper or just like you heard and this could be that spirit screaming at the top of their lungs but this energy disperse is only so good for so long that that's that's the sound you get it sounds like a whisper okay and secondly i think that I said the the breaking up of the two words is the energy dispersion too. Like it's get out. You know, it can't all say it at one time. So it's just broke up because it's only a certain amount of frequency and energy that's being used or dispersed at that time. You know, and I've experienced it a lot where I hear a lot of that same vocal tone and it may be female, it may be male and you may be able to tell, but it's the same exact pattern of a word broke up word. It's really weird. Well, and something that um, I've come across before, you can investigate one location multiple times and get different things every time you go in. Different voices, different type of phenomena. It And it's it kind of throws a wrench in your system when you're trying to develop these quote unquote patterns of what's going on. I think Michelle Bellinger said it the best in one of the first uh, investigations that um, that we ever worked on together, Michelle said that you have to go into a location thinking of it like an onion and how you peel away the different layers of time and energy and experience and everything that was there. So if a building's been there for a hundred years, think of all the people who have gone through there and dispersed their own energy and emotion. And so when you think about it like that, it makes sense. You could even have overlapping layers of energy. So you may get, you know, two different voices talking almost simultaneously. Are they actually on that same field of frequency together? Who knows? They could be at different levels. Yeah, that's, I mean, I've always thought that too. And that's why I love Michelle Bellinger so much because you know, that theory, it makes 100% sense. And it goes back to the whole thing we talked about the last episode where it could be some kind of entanglement, some time entanglement. Everything is happening at the same time. The past, the present, the future are existing all at one time. And it may not just be a ghost that you're experiencing. It may be some overlapping of time and it just happens to be hitting at the same frequency at the same time. You know, you have these things, these anniversary ghosts, right? And they only show up at one time of the year, whether it be the, their death, whether it be their birthday, whatever, 
you know, people have seen this phenomenon over and over again. And it's just weird that all the time the elements all come together at that exact moment and fire and, you know, you get this response. And that's what they say a lot of times with these different types of hauntings. This residual energy is left behind. It replays itself if the conditions are right. Or an intelligent haunting that's going to respond and it's going to talk. You have to peel apart the layers and see you know, what you're getting into. And that's 100% right. Well, Michelle said, think of all the hundreds of thousands of people who have walked through someplace, you know, what they've put out there, what emotions they've put out there, the terrible things that have happened in a location. And it's not surprisingly that there is something there that is dispersing the energy responding because, you know, it's all energy. It's all vibration. It's all all energy. Energy is never created or destroyed. It just changes form. And so I think what we're experiencing here is this energy uh, changing form again. So, okay, Shay, do you want to play us your first clip? Yeah, let's take a short break and then we'll get back into playing the rest of these EVPs. And there's some good ones, I'm going to tell you, and we'll give the backstory on a couple of where these were. So stick around and we'll be back. Hey, it's Brendan Shea. And Annie Weebs. And if you like murder, legends, hauntings, and true crime, tune into Serial Spirits, the podcast on Paranormal UK Radio Network. Serial Spirits, only on paukradio.com. Stay creepy, you kids. Welcome back for this second half of Serial Spirits podcast. My name is Annie Weebs, and I am joined with my co-host... Brendan Shea. Okay, so uh, I'm going to set the mood for you guys again. It's getting real soap opera over here. Shay and I are alone in a dark room, lit only by the light of the candles, telling each other scary stories, gazing into each other's eyes. Shay, you're so pretty and manly over there, the way the candlelight hits your face. Well, thank you there, Annie. Thank you lots. <laughs> so, in all sincerity, we are still in a dark room, uh, lit only by candlelight, trying to creep each other the F out, talking about our favorite EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, our favorite audio clips from some of our favorite investigations. Yeah, so what we want you all to do now is turn out the light, light some candles, Get in the freaky deaky mood. And we don't mean that kind. We mean the scary kind. I mean, you can be in whatever mood you want. Sometimes one leads to the other. Yeah. So, you know, just turn all the lights down, light some candles, and let's dig into some of these spooky stories. Now, before we get into one of my favorite EVPs that I've captured, I have to say that I have one that I cannot find, and I'm so disappointed that I cannot find it, but I'm just going to tell the story of it anyway, because it was an amazing, compelling EVP, and if you consider anything classes, this was your classic Class A, just 100% what it said. And I'm like I said, I'm butthurt, I can't find it. But it was from the Moundsville State Penitentiary right here in the beautiful state of West Virginia. And we were in maximum security. And um, there was a inmate who was shanked to death in the hallway of maximum security being taken from his cell, and they called him Red, okay? And this guy, uh, I think, was a prison snitch, and uh, he was shanked to death uh, right in front of his cell, and we happened to be sitting in what we believed to be his cell. What we were told by the tour guides was this guy's cell. 
And this guy didn't die, you know, like in the 1800s or whatever. It happened in like the early 70s or 80s, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but I'm pretty sure it was around that time period because I've seen interviews with people who were his guards. So anybody who's ever been to Moundsville knows that it's an abandoned prison. Uh, It's surrounded by Indian burial mounds, um, and it's an incredibly beautiful building, but with a terrible, violent past. And we were sitting in this, this guy's red cell, right? And um, as a joke, these guys I was with thought that they would close me in, you know, close the jail door. So they did. And you're listening to this audio and you're hearing everybody talking. You know, you can tell that you're in a big concrete building. The walls are echoey. Every time somebody talks, you hear that echo. And even me sitting in the cell with the recorder about five feet in front of me, you can tell that I'm in a concrete room. Okay. So I'm sitting there and you hear Ed, my friend who was with me, Ed Conkler, He said, made a joke and he closed the door. And I was like, hey, you guys are really funny. And all of a sudden, this voice comes over and says, let me out of here. Like just clear like that and nasally. And when I listened to it, I had to go back a couple times because I'm like, wait a second. And that's one of the things that I say it's important to understand what's around you is because when you're listening to this stuff back, you you can tell who's in the room and who's not in the room. And even... I knew these guys were out in the hallway walk. You can hear them talking and you hear the echo in their voices as they talk. And this guy with no echo whatsoever, probably sitting right next to me is what it sounded like. You hear a voice that says, let me out of here. And then right after that, did he say, don't drop the soap? Yeah. Yeah. And then I made the mistake of dropping the soap. You dropped the soap, didn't you? So. And you got shawl shanked. So I saw this, I, I heard this EVP. Obviously, I didn't hear it at the time. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I couldn't wait to show everybody. And it was just nuts. So we are all happened to be watching this same documentary on uh, some of the most violent hauntings in prisons and that kind of thing. And they have this woman who was this guy, Red's prison guard. And she said, yeah, I used to take care of him every day. And we captured this voice and I knew it was him the second I heard it. And they play the voice. And it was the same exact voice that I had captured. Not saying the same thing, but it was the same exact nasally high-pitched voice. And we were like, wow, that is incredible. So that to me, like, I wish I had the EVP to play to you guys. Uh, it's, I'm saddened that I don't, I don't know what happened to it. But it was a pretty crazy EVP. So this first EVP that I'm going to play for you guys that uh, was captured in, I'm going to say 2008, probably 2008, I was with um, the same guy who had given me the bird calling program. And we were at a location with him and his girlfriend. It's the Glendower Mansion in Lebanon, Ohio. It is an old style mansion. It's, It's not a mansion by any means nowadays, but back in the day it was a mansion. Actually a museum now, obviously. And they give tours and that kind of thing. Well, we had the opportunity because this guy we were with was part of the, you know, historical society. So we were able to have this whole place to ourselves. It was five of us there. It was me and two. Yeah, there was five of us there. And we had had weird stuff happen all night. And what, like I said before, what I used to do is go around to different rooms and I would place a stationary recorder. We placed a recorder in this one room that was now a library, but had been the previous owner's study. And uh, they also used it as like a trunk room, a storage room, that kind of thing when guests would come. So when you hear this EVP, you'll understand the significance of what this room was and why I'm telling you that. 
So just listen to it. And then also when it he- you hear it the second time, listen to that pattern I was talking about, because that's the, this is a classic example of what I meant earlier when I was talking about the pattern. So what do you think of that one, Weebs? So I think it's interesting. Uh, you were talking about that room was used for like storage trunks. Yeah. What do you think it said? So I think what I hear is a whispering voice. It sounds more male to me that said, pack the trunks. And that's the when the first, actually the first time when I heard it. And for two years, I was convinced this is what it said. I thought it said, ah, the drugs. And I was like, man, what the hell? And then one day I was just listening back to it. And I don't know if my ears were just like Johnny on the spot that day. They were like just hearing everything. I noticed the the phonetic of like the word pack, like the at the end. And then it was the trunks, same kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And I was like, oh my God, that says pack the trunks. And then it dawned on me that that room was used to store old steam trunks, like when people, you know, you'd see the old movies where people pick up the old trunks and take them off. They called them steam trunks because they would be able to fit in the storage containers and stuff on steam locomotives. So they called them steam trunks and they used that room for that thing. And then when I heard that and remembered where I had that recorder, I was like, oh my God, that is, that is incredible piece of evidence. And it was in a room where nobody was because you hear me talking in the background, but we had the door. It was like one of them old sliding doors that closed over and that it was in isolated by itself. We were actually in the, the dining room still setting stuff up, so it wasn't anywhere near us. So that was a pretty significant catch. When you're talking about being in another room and, and not even investigating when you caught the EVP there, something that I found as far as um, audible evidence, a lot of it is captured. You know, we may spend hours sitting in dark rooms asking questions. What's your name? When did you die? Uh, were, were you sick? You know, all kinds of just the general questions. Do ghosts fart? Do ghosts fart? I actually captured, and if I can find it somewhere, an EVP that sounds just like a fart. And we literally racked our brains over this one. And the members of the family swore that there was nobody in the room when this happened. And so either somebody was just full of shit, literally and metaphorically, and didn't want us to know that they farted. I captured a super compelling ghost fart once. Awesome. I wish I, you know, that'd be, I would, I would love to capture that. Just be like, <laughs> you're in a room and you're like, Oh, is anybody here? And you just hear a, it, it wasn't even creaking door like that. It was a full on. No, I was trying to do the full. Yeah. It sounded like it was a wet fart, but I guess I can't really. Oh, okay. Can't like really with one that. of the curly cues at the end. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, like that sort of thing. Okay. But I think you get a lot of your most compelling audio evidence when you're not actually sitting there asking questions. I think some of the most compelling audible evidence I've ever captured, you know, either we weren't in the room or, you know, we were just there having normal conversation and then all of a sudden another voice pops in this conversation and it wasn't somebody living. And so it's almost like... They just want to be part of, you know, that everyday normal going on of, of what you're doing. One of, that's, that is the truth. Like when you think about you're not in a room and you know nobody's in a location and you capture people talking, like I've captured conversations going on between a male and a female. And it's that classic so inaudible that you can't tell, but you know there's two voices in that room. 
And it's almost like they're just living their daily life, like going about daily business, or they're curious about what's going on. So they're like, okay, like maybe nobody's in the room now. Maybe nobody's here. Let's figure out what's going on. What the heck do you think's going on? Is this house haunted that we're living in? Do they they think we're doing the haunting? It's hard to, to specify, but it's, I think it's more compelling than saying what's your name and you get a response as opposed to there's still stuff going on even when we're not trying to actively communicate. So, Weebs, you have another really cool EVP that you want to show everybody. Yes. So my very uh, most compelling piece of audible evidence was from the first paranormal investigation that I ever took part in. And so it was here in West Virginia, just about 15 minutes from my house, um, with with the very first team that I was ever a part of. And the place is called the Ramsdale House in Cerrito, West Virginia. And so a short story behind the Ramsdale House, the um, the owner, the builder moved here from Massachusetts. And at that point, you were still, you know, it's like Civil War times. West Virginia was one of these states that flip-flopped between the North and the South. And we sit right on the river, the Ohio River. So at any given time, it kind of separated the North from the South. And so this was a huge stomping grounds for abolitionists who were coming down here trying to free the slaves because a lot of times when they came across the Ohio Ohio River, then they were free after that. And so we were in the basement of the Ramsdale house and I literally only had my very old audio recorder and then someone had handed me an EMF detector. It was the very first time I ever touched an emf detector like a virgin Ooh, touched with the emf so we're sitting in this basement and i don't have it on the recording but i said something to the effect of oh i just felt something kind of move past me and we were in a totally totally dark basement there was no light source whatsoever and so you feel like something brushes past you in the moment, I really thought it was like a rat. And so I've got my audio recorder in one hand, my the EMF in the other, and I'll play this for you and you tell me what you think you hear. All right. I'm going to play it one more time and then Shay, I want your interpretation. That is without a doubt saying, excuse me. Absolutely. And so the day I came home from that investigation, I was going through my recordings. You know, uh, when you're a new investigator, it's like you get, oh my God, you get so freaking excited. It's like kid in a candy store. It's Christmas morning. I got all this shit to listen to. That's how I'm going to spend my Saturday or Sunday. And so I listened back to that one and I thought, did I really just, did I catch something? Like, is that what I think it is? And so I send it to a couple of the other investigators who were there and they were like, oh my God, that is unequivocally somebody saying, excuse me. And then the beep that you hear was the EMF detector going off in my hand. Well, you said too, I felt like somebody, you know, in the story, you said, I felt like somebody moved past me and he said, oh, excuse me. I did. It was what a like, gentle, what a gentleman. Well, you know, it was the old South and people were gentlemen. And so I, I, it was just so compelling. 
and uh, and still my favorite piece of audio that I've ever captured. And it's just crazy that it came from my no wonder I was hooked on paranormal investigating from that point on. Yeah. I mean, when you catch that first piece of evidence and it's it's completely clear what it's saying and you know that there was nobody in that room. I mean, that's 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 awesome. It makes you feel like, yeah, this is why I do it. This five seconds of excitement. But this is why this is un equivocally somebody saying communicating with me i mean yeah it's it's incredible whoever it was there was a um one spirit that a medium said was there um who they called the captain who they thought was um captain ramsdale because he served in the civil war and um there was the captain and then there was also an older african-american gentleman that had supposedly been seen on the property. And so whoever it is, you just, you know, obviously he, he was just, uh, he was trying to be polite. Oh, excuse me. I just brushed past your legs in this super dark basement and scared you shitless. You didn't sound like you were scared. I wasn't at all, actually. But you don't know that you're capturing that in that no, moment right. at all. So it was just, we're all just sitting there in the dark. The only inclination that we had actually captured something was the EMF detector beeping. And that's, that's what's even cool too, is you have that chain of activity. You have div- different devices detecting it. So you have this EMF meter goes off and then that EMF meter going off signals that there was some form of activity going on there and what you caught an EVP. Right. You've got two different types of energies um, verifying pieces of equipment, verifying what the other captured. So it is the patterns. The patterns are what we look for. And that's what will eventually build the paranormal platform into something that more people believe, I think. So this next EVP, I will set up the scenario. It was a dark and storm. No, that wasn't even funny. It wasn't. So the next EVP I'm going to play... I'm going to set up the scenario for you here too. Like we were, this was our second time going to this famous location, at least in the United States. For anybody who knows anything about uh, Kentucky, there is a haunted honky tonk called Bobby Mackey's Music World. And it is one of them places for years has had band-aids put on it. If you actually walk around the basement long enough, you can wander your way back into the fur, the behind the dressing rooms and stuff. There's an actual foundation of one of the old buildings that were on the property still there. So that just tells you that they just said, oh, we're just going to build around this. Who cares? But this, you know, was our second time there. And the first time we'd been there, we had so much activity that it was just unreal. We weren't prepared for it. We hadn't experienced anything like that before, and it was all night. Everything was off the chain. The EVPs were were dark and brooding, just like you'd think they would be from this place. I mean, we had like spirits saying, calling us fat pigs and <laughs> saying the F-bomb. I mean, just all kinds of weird, nasty EVPs. Hey, you fat pig. Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. Hey, blimp. Eat too much cookies. <laughs> but, um... You know, so this was our second time back there and we were expecting the same kind of activity and it did not disappoint. I was, uh, had just set everything up. I had all our tech stuff set up, the cameras up. I was the last one in the building because what we tried to do is give the building at least a half hour to rest with nobody in there. You know, then we go from there for the night. But I was the last one in there and I had a recorder sitting in the bar area and nobody's in the building. It's me. There's none of the staffs in there. It's me. I'm the last one. I'm, I'm making sure everything's running and doing what it's supposed to do. And the EM, I had an EMF meter sitting in the middle of the dance floor on a chair. 
And all of a sudden it starts going off. Like it's freaking, freaking out. It's one of those ghost meters with the red light. And we use those because they show up on camera really good. And this thing is just going nuts. So I walk up to the light and I say, can you please step away from this light? And I had said it a couple times. And the third time is what I'm going to play here that I captured. So take a listen to this and tell me what you, well, Weebs, you'll tell me what you think it says first. And then we will go from there. Can you please step away from my light? Please. So listen into that. I mean, it's pretty creepy. It's pretty evident that there's another voice there because you hear my low voice saying something. So what did you think that said? To me, it sounds like a female whispering, get the light. Yeah, I mean, it's 100% saying get and light for sure. Get the light is what I hear. It's either saying get the light or get from the light because I'm asking it to, can you please move away from the light? Right, or maybe it was something trying to piss you off and they're like, no, get that bastard's flashlight. Well, what the best part about this was too is that we had a recorder sitting in the bar area there and one directly across from it on the stage. And that same exact moment uh, that I say that, uh, it didn't pick it up on the other recorder and it didn't pick it up on the camcorder, which makes it even more compelling because you know it wasn't somebody in the room or somebody outside or anything like that. Like it was only picked up on one voice recorder. And that's what I said about sometimes some of them record in different frequency than the other ones. And it just depends. I mean, you know, I've seen experiments where people have five or six and it skips every other one and plays it on every other one, but the other ones it doesn't. It's just weird how it works. You know, to have not picked this up on either the camera or the other voice recorder made me even more happy because you 100% hear words that make sense to you and it makes sense in the scenario that it's going on. Okay, so I've got one more EVP that I want to play for you, Shay. And it's something that most of the people who have heard it absolutely agree that there is something there, but they cannot agree on what it sounds like. So this is from uh, one of my favorite places called Prospect Place in Trenway, Ohio. Another place that was a very well-known stop on the Underground Railroad. And the mansion even has one of the lookout rooms uh, from the very top. It looks like a church steeple. It's a cupola. Right. And that's where they would they would light a lantern when it was safe for the slaves to cross the property. The part of the property that I had a real problem with was the barn that was on the backside of the property. And the story goes... Um, that they were harboring runaway slaves there, and some headhunters came through. Bounty hunters. Or bounty hunters. I, we call them headhunters. Kind of the same thing, right? They were going to make heads roll either yeah, way. Yeah. So so the bounty hunters come through looking for slaves and anyone aiding and abetting them. And, of course, they denied any slaves being there. But the the bounty hunter was not satisfied with this. And so he leaves and he comes back. And the story goes, when he comes back to the property for the second time, he is taken by some of the slaves who are staying there at the time. He's taken out back to this barn and hanged. They lynch him from the top of the barn. So we went in there and um, we'd had amazing activity in the house that night. But we're just like, oh, you know, the barn has such a, quote, history behind it. 
maybe that would be a good place. And so we go out there and we start running an ovulus. And we actually picked up on the ovulus um, what we felt like was a racial slur based on the question that I had asked. And so I actually got kind of pissed off listening to it because it was the first time on a paranormal investigation that I felt like I was being confronted by something that I couldn't see. It was just like the energy changed totally. And so not long after this happens, I capture this EVP that I'm going to play for you right now. And I'm going to play it a couple times. I'll tell you what I think it is. And then you can tell me. Okay, so Shay, first, you tell me what you think it sounds like. I think it sounds like a horse galloping, but I also think it sounds something like maybe even like boards being put up on the side of a building and somebody hammering nails into them. But it, there, you can definitely hear a sound. I don't think that it says anything. I think it's some kind of residual sound, and it, it does have this the the hoof sound, like the clop, 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 clop to it. So a lot of people that I talked to thought the same thing, that it did sound like horses galloping, which would make sense because there were horse stables in this barn. My immediate reaction to it was that I thought it sounded like a male laughing at me. And maybe that's because of what I experienced in that moment in the barn because it was such a negative, there was such a negative connotation to the things that were coming through on the ovulus and just the way that people felt, just everybody's attitudes changed. I thought it sounded like a really sinister male laugh. And I've played it to some investigators that say, yeah, it's a laugh. And then a lot of them like you thought it was horses galloping. And that's, that's the thing about doing this is like we, you know, you find something like that, you find a piece of evidence. It sounds weird. It shouldn't be there. It wasn't there when you guys were investigating. You didn't hear anything like that at the time. You capture this weird noise and everybody's got different opinions on it. You can all agree that there is something there that shouldn't be. But to me, if it was one of those pieces of evidence and I was bringing it like to a client per se, I probably wouldn't bring it to them just because there's so much uh, difference in opinion of what actually is going on there. So that's just my opinion of what, you know, I interpret from that. But since we're doing one more each, I guess, Weebs, I got one that was captured in McConnellsville, Ohio, at a place that I used to run the tour guides at and uh, spent a lot of my rookie paranormal years at this place. And it's the Haunted Twin City Opera House, and it is super, super haunted. Experienced so much stuff there. And uh, unfortunately, um, I haven't been there in a long time. And, I, you know, I'd really like to get back sometime soon, but... Had a, it had a, held a special place in my heart for a long time. This EVP is me and one of my former fellow investigators, still a friend of mine. Uh, we were in the basement of this opera house, and uh, it was just the two of us. Uh, the team had just left. We had been doing a hosting that night. There was a paranormal team who rented the building out, and uh, me and Marty were the only ones left in the building. We were just kind of like, you know, we locked the doors. We got all the cleanup done. We're like, you know what? You want to go down and investigate for a little bit? And he was like, yeah. So we went down there, set up a couple cameras and it was just me and him in this dark room. And, uh, you hear Marty talking in the beginning of the, of the, uh, clip. And then you will hear what happens at the end. And this is where it all became real for me. It's Brendan and Marty. I'm sure that you have some idea who we are. We're here a lot. So, 
I was listening to that by myself in a room just like this, dark and candle lights, all romantically, and I'm listening to audio and this comes across. And what do you think it said, Weebs? I very clearly heard your name whispered in there, which also as an investigator is the scariest shit that you will ever experience. Like you said, if you're sitting here in a dark room reviewing this evidence, and I I think most of us have had it happen to us by this point, we've heard our name called um, on many occasions, but still when it comes through and you're not prepared for it, it will scare you shitless. But it's also incredible because it shows, like I said, I was at this place every weekend for like two years straight. You're spending that much time there and you're in a way developing a relationship with these people who are still sharing this space with you and they recognize you and it shows 100% intelligence because I'm sitting there in a chair by myself. Marty just gets done talking. I don't say anything and you clearly hear my name. And to me, that was the defining moment in my paranormal career because I had captured something that proves to me intelligence and something otherworldly knows who I am. So Weebs, any final thoughts before we wrap up this crazy episode about EVPs? Well, talking about EVPs, everyone who has ever come to me and asked me how to be an investigator, like I said before, just go out there and Get a cheap audio recorder. You know, you can go to a major, lo- major local store for like... Get you at the Walmart. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say... I wasn't going to give Walmart a plug. I mean, they're Sorry. always welcome to send us some sponsorship if you prefer. Um, but no, just go out and, and buy a cheap little recorder and take it to a location and just talk and see what happens, see what you capture. So anybody listening out there, if you are an investigator or amateur investigator and you have any EVPs that you would like us to hear, please feel free to send them our way. We may do more shows about EVPs. And, um, you know, if you're willing and able, we may uh, feature yours if you can tell us the story behind it. So for myself and the Weebs, I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of Serial Spirits, the podcast. We will be back again in two weeks. But if you get a chance, you can always, and you miss hearing the sweet Southern Belle that is Annie Weibel's voice, you can always always watch her live on Paranormal Warehouse every Tuesday at what time? Paranormal Warehouse, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can watch R.E. Weeks live. So, yeah, so don't forget about that. So mark your calendars every Tuesday. You'll get to hear the weebs, even see the weebs. Anything else you want to say there, Annie? Bye-bye.